0: Hey there, you're listening to the Minute Grace podcast with Brad Walbridge and myself, Chris Rivers. We want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're really glad that you're here. Our goal in every episode is to help motivate and encourage men to take responsibility for the people and the situations that God brings into their lives. Brad, give us an overview of what we're going to hear today.
1: Yeah, in this interview, we focus in on the idea of hiding in plain sight, how we as men have this temptation to manage and and really control our mm-hmm. sin yeah. and how people perceive us, what they know or don't know yeah. about the sin that we struggle with. As you talk with Taylor Hall and Scott Beardsley through this interview, we understand how we can miss the freedom that can be experienced that God gives us in understanding our brokenness yeah. and being able to open that up to other people.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, we're going to end up hearing more about how once Taylor discovers this and then begins to, you know, to move towards people, depend on God, he begins to uncover his true strengths Mm -hmm. and is now using those to model empathy. Right. And this has given him a chance to learn how to lead.
1: When we think about, for us as men, that we're responsible for the people and the situations that God brings into our lives, I think something that has become more and more clear to me over the last couple of years how we're opening up our lives Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and how we are able to empathize with other people for them to be receptive Mm -hmm. to how we, we want to influence as we take that responsibility.
0: Yeah. And because this is such a great topic, we created some questions for you to review with other men to help move towards authentic manhood and the gospel. So check out those in the show notes. Let's jump in. Let's listen to this interview. All right. Well, we got Taylor Hall and Scott Beardsley in today. It's great to see you guys. Yeah,
2: glad to be yeah. here.
0: Good. Good to see you. Yeah, Scott, if, for those that don't know, Scott, you actually have a team that edits a lot of our <laughs> episodes, so for those that get to hear your voice today, you can, you can, everybody can know that you're editing your own voice. Later, right. right, which so. is going to be awesome to <laughs> do. <laughs> That's right, and uh, Taylor Hall, I've gotten to know you over the last couple years, and uh, it's been a, it's been cool to hear your story and to kind of see how you're involved in some of the ministry that we have at church. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How you got plugged here to Grace?
2: Sure. Yeah i um i I studied media at, in college. I went to South Carolina, and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was leading worship at a church there, and okay. um, I saw a job opening at Grace that was worship and video. So that kind of fit really well. I applied yeah. and um I got hired by the Grace of God because I've sh- I should not have gotten hired. I don't okay. think. I think maybe they saw some kind of potential or something, but what I was the person that I was at the time was not a person that was probably deserving of the position that I had. Okay. Um
0: unpack some of that. What did, why do you say that?
2: I think um I was in a really rough season of life coming out of college and uh, I had misplaced my identity hmm. for a number of years, but that was not something that I had come to realize um, up until re- really even after uh, my first year or two at Grace. I think that I was I was real jaded to the church and to just the idea of um, being vulnerable and being honest. I was uh, my, all all of my life. I was really prone to hide sin, to hide, Hmm. um, questions that I had. And I think some of that was just my family background. And some of that was, uh, the churches that I had been in in the past that were pretty rigid and pretty rules-based. So, Mm -hmm. um, if I ever had a question or a um, temptation or thoughts that were outside of what I was told were the boundary lines, I didn't know where to go with that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just created this little box and I kept, I kept sin. I kept confusion. I kept questions. I kept um, just, uh, I kept all of that away from the public eye from my Mm -hmm. parents. And so that just continued to compound on itself as I got older. And I was 23, I think at the time when I came on staff and this church context was, so different from any of the other churches I'd ever been in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember even a, a buddy of mine now, when I first met him was the first week. He's like, hey man, like I'm gonna go get lunch. Do you like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, no, I think I'll pass. But in my head, I was like, who is this guy? What is this? Yeah. This is ridiculous. Don't be an idiot. I was just so jaded. Like mm-hmm. I was just, I was so standoffish and resistant to, any type of love, because I think at the core of it, the reality was that i was I hadn't been loved in a way that grace members and grace mm. staff loved on me, mm-hmm. and so when I was met with that, I was like this is I'm not cool with this, I'm not comfortable with this mm. I don't want any part of this um and that was initially my feeling in the first i don't know year or maybe even more on staff, okay, I was really uncomfortable with the way that people were loving me so well and so affectionately and were holding, holding nothing back and were just choosing to love me because they had received the love of God and they Mm -hmm. were just pouring that out on me. And that was such a new concept. It was really difficult. Hmm. Um, so it was a hard, it was a hard transition to get here and to come out of my shell of hiding and of, um, just trying to, trying to control, trying to keep myself safe in my bubble. Hmm. Um, Letting people in was difficult, but I have grown. I mean, since that time, I've been here for four years now, and just the the I, I don't think I would even know the person that came on staff versus the person I am now. Wow! Because I think that vulnerability, honesty, and community, and and love, and sharing with others is so natural to me now, just based mm-hmm. on the experiences I've had being on staff, being uh, in new relationships and meeting new people and having new friendships Mm. and especially my time in regeneration, that was really pivotal Mm -hmm. for um, just a change in mindset and, and just um, learning to trust God and to not choose to control Mm. all of the situations that are happening in my life.
0: I just want to pause this for a moment and just talk briefly about what Taylor has is talking about here. So there's a couple of things that are happening. Number one, Taylor is talking about this misplaced identity, which I think as men, all of us experience. We oftentimes think of ourselves as the creator. That's mm-hmm. the problem, and mm-hmm. we're not the creator. So this misplaced identity is one area that I think Taylor is really, it's really interesting. And experiencing this aspect of hiding, you know, he, he hid. And we've talked about this before. For you, do you have misplaced identity? Did you hide growing up?
1: Yeah, I, my experience was, I think, very different from mm. a lot of people in our church. I didn't grow up in the church. Okay, um, I came to faith when I was 20, and even then, it was several years before I actually started growing and, and being in community and connecting with other, other men and other people. Um, so growing up in our household, it was all about hiding. Yeah, There was all kinds of, of shame and all kinds of you know rules and structures but not set up for even healthy reasons it was mm-hmm. just that there was control yeah and there was just a, a lot of unhealthy freedoms Okay,
0: so you had a different experience from Taylor. I know for me, I did grow up in Mm -hmm. church and one of the key things that I know that we can all relate to that Taylor talked about offline with us was this idea that his dad never appeared vulnerable to him. He had it all together. He was the perfect man, so to say. You've had moments recently where you've been vulnerable to your kids, where you've shown them where you've not been perfect. You know, you have a fight with your wife, whatever, or you know, and you're dealing with that with them in the car, or you know, we're we're going to our children, Hey, I'm sorry. Like I was actually wrong. Right. You know, so for Taylor never heard that growing up.
1: Just to what, to what you're referring to with the situation I shared with my kids, I, I think it's helpful for our men listening. Just, I recognized in a moment where I had wronged my wife and I used that as an opportunity to draw my kids into how I was dealing with my own sin. Um, where I was confessing that, and I was repenting of it, and I was going and and seeking amends with my wife, and it was incredibly uncomfortable. Mm. It was com- incredibly awkward. Yeah. And as a dad, you want to appear at times, whether we say it or we don't, that we've got it all together, yeah. and that our kids can look to us all all times. Well, they need to look to us at that time too, when we need to humble ourselves and we need to ask forgiveness and. And be vulnerable in that moment to say, I don't have it all together.
0: Yeah. What holds you back from being vulnerable and honest with the people around you? Why did you decide to do that then? And what would have held you back from being vulnerable and doing that?
1: Yeah, I decided to do it then because the Holy Spirit stirred me to that point.
0: Yeah, but what would have kept you from doing it?
1: I, I mean, absolutely pride.
0: Yeah, pride. So yeah. you because you want to appear to have it all together. Right. I mean, I do the same thing. I mean, I'm not calling you out. I'm saying I do no, the yeah. same exact thing. So I think that's what's really interesting about what Taylor is talking about here is that he had this picture of what it needed to look like, and it was the wrong picture. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and and as as we're talking about this, I think it's not just pride, Chris, but I also believe. Um, in the, in that moment, and in many other moments for us as men, there's also fear. Yeah. Because I'm not only pridefully thinking about it as, you know, you, you kids don't need to see me that way because mm-hmm. I'm dad and I have this authority role. But then there's also, also this fear of, I don't want you to see me for who I really am. Mm. That I'm I'm just as broken as you. It looks different, mm-hmm. but I'm just as broken as you. And... I don't know why we fight that so much,
0: because we want to be awesome. Yeah, of course. Because we want to be the man. We want to be. I mean, at least that's what I have the struggle with.
1: Yeah, yeah. But we we just we can fight that so much in so many areas of our lives, and then we sit back and it's just so simple. Yeah. That if we if we moved forward in it. There'd be such a win, yeah, for the gospel.
0: Yeah, so let's jump back into this episode because I think what is about to happen is Taylor's going to tell us how that happened for him. Yeah, so well, I want to get to some of I want to unpack a lot of that stuff, but Scott, did you know Taylor before all this, or I mean, when wouldn't you guys connect?
3: Yeah, so we connected. Um, we connected. Two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So right when I came on staff back in June of 2019, I I think I actually met him that first week. And within that first week, he was like, hey, man, you want to come over to my house and watch Nacho Libre? <laughs> okay, very cool. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so it was really just... Friendship made in heaven from there <laughs> we, we've known each other and been pretty involved in each other's lives really ever since then
0: that's so. cool. What kind of changes have you seen in him over these last couple of years um a lot, which is cool
3: um I think one of the biggest changes I've seen is just him mellow out, not mm. be so um what's the word for it? I don't want to say high strung that feels like a that feels like a harsh word to say, but i yeah. really I can't think of a better word in this moment yeah he he has been somebody who when I first met him was very fixated on just having fun. Mm -hmm. Any conversation he entered into any friendship he had was really just around this idea of not necessarily self-serving, but just having a good time and and maybe even a little bit of just trying to forget about whatever bad was in, was going on either Mm -hmm. then or in his past and just, Fill those holes and, and fix all that with just fun times and and yeah. happy relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest change I've seen over these past two and a half years has been him stepping away from that. Okay. And instead of caring about, he he still does care about having a good time and making mm-hmm. you feel loved. But the biggest thing is he knows himself better. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to step into tough conversations and every conversation you have with him isn't like, let's do this big fun thing. Let's talk about this mm-hmm. funny idea or let me show you this funny video or anything like that. It's like, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. How's life right now? What's the Lord teaching you? Mm-hmm. And it sees, um, it's these deeper conversations. Yeah. So that's, that's been one of the biggest changes I've known.
0: So Taylor, your relationship with God has changed a lot over these last four years from previous conversations we've talked about. Motivations. Talk to us a little bit about your journey and learning about what it meant to be
2: an authentic man. I think that uh, I, I was very, and, and still am, I think this is a constant recovery for a lot of people, but I'm mm. very um, selfish. <laughs> I, I'm a selfish listener. I'm a selfish speaker. Mm. I, it's It is easy for me to tune out of a conversation, whether it's a serious conversation or not if Mm -hmm. it doesn't involve something either that I care about or involve me or Mm -hmm. if it's talking about me. And that's something that I've had to really acknowledge um, because that is not not a trait of a responsible man. Mm -hmm. I think that what I've learned, and Scott hit on this too, just I wanna have intentional conversations now. Mm -hmm. Like I would rather, when I ask you how's it going, I would so much rather you go. Hey, man, I'm having a I'm having a really hard time. Mm. Because then, a I know you're being honest with me, and honesty, you know, a, as evidenced by my story, honesty is going to bring things into the light and is going to just produce positive change moving forward. So I I'm honored when you mm-hmm. say, yeah, I'm having a really hard time. Then I can pour in and I can say, okay, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like what's, what are you struggling with at this point? And it gives um, you
0: meaning to your life.
2: Absolutely, yeah. It gives me an opportunity, and and I, I think over the years, obviously, it's been a, a slow burn. But um, I've just prayed for opportunities for me to connect and to pour into people mm-hmm. because I don't have the craziest story. You know, I'm not coming off of addiction to drugs or or anything that you know is, is an eye opening story or an eyebrow raising story. But mm-hmm. I think something that is unique and that I'm thankful for about my story, is that it is pretty, uh, quote-unquote, typical. Mm -hmm. I think I have a very similar life and similar experiences to a lot of people, but that doesn't negate the amount and the ability that God can work and that he can change. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just the fact that I have an opportunity now and and I have really, I, I don't love this word, but I just feel a calling to to help people and to pour into people. Mm. And when I see someone hurting, it's, it's instinctive for me now to go, Hey, like what's, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Like, can, can I help you? Mm -hmm. Is there something you need to talk about? Like, I might not even have the answers. I just want to help you to process. I think Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite things about uh, the job position that I have now with working with our, our students in region is that, I can connect and I can see, I see myself in them. Mm-hmm. I see myself 10 years ago and I'm able to go, Hey, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, I might not have the answers for you and for your specific situation, but I do have questions for you. I have I have developed a lot of language to say, "How does. how does this situation that you've explained make you feel? Mm-hmm. What are you, what do you think you're really craving and desiring by reaching to whatever idol you're placing in, in, the, in a placeholder for God. Mm-hmm. And I think um, just not forcing, but encouraging and, and pulling people along to help them to analyze themselves and to, to ask uh, soul-searching questions mm-hmm. so they can understand, wow, I've, I've been craving, you know, whether that's pornography, whether that's alcohol, whether that's uh, a need for approval or mm-hmm. affirmation like i want them to analyze why are you doing those things mm-hmm. cuz those are not like those are sins yes but those are not your core issues mm-hmm. a lot of times there's something beneath the surface that you know if you have even one or two of those things a lot of them kind of connect back to each other and there's an ability to kind of connect dots mm. and to identify idols to identify things that you're valuing um that really need to be satiated. Those desires need to be satiated by Mm. God's love and what he has for us. So I want to help them to kind of cipher that out and then to take, you know, even just one step, like take a positive to a a positive step towards God and, and let him show you his greatness and let him fill those holes in a way that you've never experienced. Mm. Um, that is just so much more freeing, and and that's me speaking out of personal experience. Is that um, a lot of my story? You know, just as a brief, I I struggle with an addiction to pornography. I struggled a lot with control and desire to comfort and to manage my own self, and I found freedom from all those things. And I'm continuing. I mean, it's still a work. I, mm-hmm. I still have to keep doing those things, but I've experienced. Those, those bits of God's greatness and his glory mm. um, in small pieces. And it, it just continues to, again, just compound on itself. I want more of that. I want to experience him more. Mm-hmm. I want to help other people to experience him more.
0: So tell us a little bit about your role. And it sounds like to me that you've learned how to reflect and process. And then as you've learned to reflect and process the region, like God has given you the opportunity to help lead Right. And so now you're doing this in another area, which is students. Tell us a little bit about that and your role.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So region for students. uh, I mean, if you're familiar with the region program that we have with our adults, um, we're walking through 12 steps of regeneration Mm -hmm. and we're um, just figuring out uh, who am I Mm -hmm. Uh, talking, talking and processing through. um, We all I think we're all aware that we're broken, Mm -hmm. but it's very easy to kind of leave it at that. I mm-hmm. you know I'm broken. I'm not as good as God and that's that's not going to change. Yeah. But what we strive to do in region is to analyze our brokenness mm-hmm. and to really take a close look at it to um understand who we are, to take an inventory of what kind of person am I? Mhm and then to kind of take steps towards how do I confess, how do I repent, how do I make amends mm. um, for some of the wrongs that I've committed and, and the wrongs against me. And so what we do with students is, we the curriculum for adults is, I mean, it's intensive and mm-hmm. it's it's a year long process if mm-hmm. we're going through the whole thing. Um, and for our students, we wanna take that and just accelerate all that, condense all that material down. so with our students is 13 weeks Okay. and uh, we do the same thing. We walk through those same 12 steps. It's just the language is a little bit um, more subtle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's just in a bite-sized format for students because I mean, if you think about a 30 year old guy who's gone through a divorce, who's got kids, who's, you know, there's a lot of life experience there mm-hmm. and with a student um, I think barring, barring a major death mm-hmm. in the family or, um, even a a divorce of their parents. I don't think that there's a ton of life experience, which is a blessing that they haven't Mm -hmm. had so much pain and hurt, but there's only so much life experience you can have Mm -hmm. as an 18 year old. And we want to take those little things and we want to piece together in the same way that we do with our adults. Mm -hmm. We want to take inventory of what's happening and who I am and the way that I'm responding and connect dots between all those things. So Mm. I'm, I'm really angry with my parents. I disagree with them. I don't, I don't do my chores or whatever it is, or I'm looking at pornography. I'm really seeking the approval of people in high school. I want Mm. to achieve whether that's sports or grades or whatever it might be. Um, What is the uh, common denominator Mm -hmm. between all those things? And what, what is my goal? What am I really seeking after? And again, just pointing them back to the gospel, pointing Mm. them back to you are enough and you are fully loved and chosen and known by God Mm -hmm. And we want to help them really, I, I use this word a lot. We we want to develop a foundation for them. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking to some of our students who have graduated from our student program and then gone to college, they have set such a great precedent for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because moving into college, you're now embracing a lot of change. You're mm-hmm. embracing a lot of freedom. And you need to have a basis for... How am I going to live my life? Yeah, well, they
0: got the tools now.
2: Right, exactly. Because there's so, I mean, and this was me in college. I didn't have a basis and, and a foundation to build on, mm. to understand, all right, where, where am I going to take my life right now? Because yeah. it's up to me. Yeah. And so for yeah. these students, we want to, again, just kind of set that foundation, create some building blocks for them so that as they launch into um, more independence and mm-hmm. as they grow, we already have them in a, a solid place where they can, point their lives to Christ mm-hmm. as quickly as they can so that the trajectory of their life is its just rooted in in who God is and who they are mm-hmm. in Christ.
0: Yeah. Scott, you've been a part of his life for the last two and a half years. But did you meet him when he was going through Regen?
3: So I met him before Regen was even, I guess, really a thought in okay. your mind. Um, and then I got to see him come to a place where he was like, I am broken mm-hmm. and I have got to do something drastic about this to fix what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he realized that that was the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's just a blessing that our church offers something like Regen. So I got to watch him realize that Regen was going to be a really great next step for him. And yeah. then I got to watch him go all the way through Regen and now here. And, and then leading Regen students. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So you look at your life,
0: Taylor, you look at the the gaps and the deficits and the experiences that you've had and then now you've been through region you've been you're leading region students what would be some things that you could leave us with that maybe you would have wanted yourself to know before you started to experience some of these broken patterns and ruts of sin
2: yeah i think that's a good question i think ironically that's the same tagline that I get to recruit our student leaders okay because I'm like how how many of you guys wish you could go back to your high school self yeah and you know tell tell them what you know now mm. i think um i mean i know i've said this a lot but th- just the level of feeling like i was in control and mm. being jaded to any type of encouragement or care or love um was pivotal and being able to really just being able to open yourself up to uh to encouragement, to love, to constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. I think that is and I think Scott would attest to this too. One of the mm-hmm. things that I'm tremendously better at now and it's still a work again, but is seeking and accepting constructive criticism. Mm. I think that was something that Can
0: you give us an example maybe?
2: Yeah, when I first came on staff I would pose an idea, let's you know, was just say it was for a video that I wanted to do or that I thought would be helpful. And we'd do it and I you know, I'd finish it up and they'd be like, oh, I think we should change this or I, I think we'll just we'll kind of put this on the shelf for now and we'll bench this until a later time." And immediately I would think, "Oh, I I suck. Mm. I I'm not very good. I didn't do this well." Yeah. Or I would take it as a personal vendetta. Oh, so and so you know, I don't like them because they don't like my work or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. where now if I have an opportunity, which I think this is a good example, we, we kind of led a uh, leader orientation for our region for student leaders. And then also a student orientation on the first week that they all came in. Okay, And I was a little nervous. I was a little scatterbrained and I said what I wanted to say, but afterwards I immediately went to my boss and I was like, Hey, like what what I do wrong? <laughs> mm. Like, tell me, tell me how I can do that better. And they're like, well, you did this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I need mm-hmm. to not do that. And it's just a willingness to go, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a broken person and I'm constantly flawed. I'm going to work my hardest and I'm going to mm-hmm. do my best to, um, you know, present work that is pleasing to the Lord. I think that's a verse that always comes to my head that my mom used to tell me is, Colossians 3:23 which is you know essentially just work as though you're working to the Lord mm. present something um that is honoring to him that is making his name holy mm. whether you do it right or not that's okay but doing something well and trying to achieve mm. and I think that's what I'm doing by I'm going to put forth what I have and I'm probably going to make mistakes and you know I want to go to Scott and say hey man like this happened like what would you what do you think what mm-hmm. would I what you, should I do better um in what ways was that positive or negative, you know, just being open to the idea of I'm not, I'm flawed. That's right. And I'm going to work hard, but I still need correction and I need, um, as opposed to viewing correction and criticism, Mm -hmm. constructive criticism as true criticism, Mm -hmm. as, as hate speech or whatever, viewing it as an opportunity to grow. Yeah. And in the same way that like I'm a broken human and God teaches me, how to become a better person that's that's exactly what I'm doing with Scott or yeah. with some other friend they're they're being a loving community, and that's actually way way more valuable than I viewed it mm. before
0: That's awesome that's great, man. Well, I mean this has been good just to hear your story and to hear how you're processing things and how you're growing and I appreciate what you're doing for our church and I know there are a lot of parents out there that have students that are in region that are probably don't know the work that you're doing. So I just want to thank you for that. Um, But this has been good. Anything else you want to add?
2: I think everyone needs to do region. (laughs) That's my that's my plug.
0: Why do you think everybody needs to do it?
2: Region is for everyone. Hmm. Region is not. And this is a stigma that is one of my personal goals. And I think our our goal is region staff, too is that region is not for some um scoundrel person it is not for i think the tendency is for people to go oh region is for them whoever them is the there's broken. this yes there's this us versus them the mentality addicting. and that is not i mean yes it is for them but you know who else it's for it's for you yeah cuz you're broken just as much as they are yeah and I have just seen, I mean, obviously personally in my own life, I have mm-hmm. seen so much change, but in the community and the friends that I have that have gone through Regen, it has been life-changing because in the same way that it is for our students, just on a greater scale for our adults, mm-hmm. you need to develop language around your brokenness and how to pursue God in that. Mm. And that is absolutely what what Regen has done for me. Yeah, Scott makes fun of me because... <laughs> Every time that I, I have a conversation, and I've done this to him a number of times, I'm like, "Hey, I think you should do Regen. I think it'd be good for you." <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, you have drunk the Kool Aid, and you have become the Kool Aid Man," which is about spot on. Yeah. yeah, I just I'm fully into the idea that region can change people, and it it's for everyone, and yeah. I I want to do it again, honestly.
3: Wow, that's good, Scott. Anything you'd add? Clearly, your um, constant asks of doing people okay, I'm gonna edit that out for yeah. sure, but <laughs> Larry, edit that out, brother. <laughs> um clearly your constant asks of hey, you should do regen are working because I now am starting regen tomorrow, New which kidding. I'm really excited about. Wow. But yeah, I would definitely agree. We'll have conversation and Taylor will just be like, Hey, you know what helped that? Hmm. Regen. That's right. <laughs> it, and it that, will, I promise. And I just think that's cool. Yeah. I joke about it, but I think it's cool. Because it just shows that he's intentionally thinking about something that'll mm-hmm. make whatever friend he's talking to, yeah. love God better, and understand that they live their best life when they understand mm-hmm. who they are in Christ. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would I would say I'm currently in Regen. I'm working Step Eight right mm-hmm. now, and it's seven months I've been in with a group of guys. Yeah. And I'd say that many many years ago I went through AA, uh, 1999. I picked up a white chip and didn't really have a drinking problem but was really forced to go but 6 months of lying and trying to do the program and then eventually like I got real and I joined so I got a sponsor and mm-hmm. started working the steps and a couple years ago Rachel and I we finished up reengage and we were like, Hey, what what is our next step? And and regen, Rachel wanted to do regen, and I was like, Oh gosh, if she's gonna do regen, I'm gonna have to do regen. <laughs> and so I went and I remember the regen team came to Powdersville on the first night and they're like, All right, you know, who doesn't you know, who's got questions? And I was like, my I raised my hand, I said, What if you don't wanna be here? <laughs> <laughs> and Kathy was like, Uh was that you, Chris? You know, why? Why are you asking that question? You know? <laughs> and I really didn't want to be there because I know it's a lot of work. I ended up a couple of weeks had gone by. I've been going through groundwork. And I I just lied about something. I was in front of a bunch of guys. I did something where I was just dishonest about something. And I walked away. I got in the car. And I'm like, man, I am a sinner. Why am I trying to prove myself to people about something? I need to go to regen. And it just was such an awakening for me. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so for the next couple months, man, I've been going through it. And it's been really helpful. And I would say that what I have appreciated about it is the biblical narrative that is being told through each step, which was not in AA, Right. So, I mean, you can go through AA. So if you're someone listening to this and you've been through AA or NA or some 12-step recovery, that is great. But I think we are trying to follow Jesus. We're at a battle. I am not the creator. As a man, I am a created being. And what happens to me every day, just like what happens to you in your story and your story, Scott, is that we're trying to be independent and we're either, as men, we're either moving towards passivity, or we're moving through self-reliance, and so we're fighting this all day to try to get back to the original design mm-hmm. where we were created to be responsible for people, situations, to move towards people in situations, to depend on God, and this is the challenge. We see this in Genesis 3, and so I think Regen has helped me be responsible. It's helped me move towards men in my group. It's helped me be honest. Yeah. I mean, each of the steps have just peeled one other layer of an onion. I'm getting closer and closer to the root and I have language and I have direction in how to, how to follow Jesus. So I think that's what you're saying when you're saying, Hey, come to reach in. It's hard sell, but you have to go through it, but (laughs) this has been a great episode guys. And I appreciate you joining us and just being willing to share. So thanks for, thanks for doing that.
2: Absolutely. Glad to be
0: here.
3: Glad to talk about it. Thanks Scott. Yeah. Thank
0: you, man. Brad, that was really good. What were your thoughts on that? Anything stand out to you as we or landing the plane on this episode.
1: Yeah, I think there's a few things that, that stood out to me, Chris. I think being known, a lot of times we can see that as, well, other people need to ask us questions mm-hmm. and, and find out about us, and we just need to be available. Yeah. But I, I think in hearing Taylor talk, it it hits me as being known is actually more of a discipline Yeah. that we have to continue to work at. Yes, Like, it is more on us than it is on anybody else Mm. for us to be known and how we actively Mm. are pursuing that um, each day. Because we can, I mean, we can be passive in that too. Yeah. We can say, oh, yeah, I'm going to allow myself to be known. Yeah. But then it becomes consumeristic. I'm going to wait for people to come to me and draw it out as opposed to I'm going to put myself in situations and Mm -hmm. in circumstances and around people for me to actually be
0: known. Yeah. I think that that is exactly the key is just being fully known and finding a a couple guys to have conversations with or you're having a full conversation with your wife. People know who you are. They know the real brokenness that you have. And the way in which you are trying to live your life, how you're trying to trust God, how you're trying to depend on him. I think we've talked so much about passivity for years. I'm sure many men that are listening to this have heard the word passivity more times than they've ever thought. Yeah. But the word depend on is a new word to our yep. vocabulary, I think. Right. And so depending on God for me is is being transparent with other men.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting. The only way that we can truly experience the love that god has for us through the people that he has put in in our lives yeah. is through that vulnerability mm-hmm. and through being fully known yeah you, know, you look at adam in the garden we talk about that a lot in men's round table adam in the garden he and eve are hiding god is seeking them out yeah right and and they're hiding and they're and through that hiding they're not able to experience the love that he is pursuing them with mm-hmm. So we, we see that in our relationships, when we hide in plain sight, that just cuts us off yeah. from the love that God is trying to, to bring to us. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that stood out to me through this, as I, and I'm thinking about this for me as a husband, as a father, as a coworker, mm-hmm. what, whatever the categories are in my life, I'm thinking about if I'm responsible, for the people and the situations that are in my life and I'm responsible to God for those things. How am I creating space for the people in those situations? So my wife, my kids in my home, how am I creating space for them to want to be fully known Mm -hmm. as well? Mm -hmm. How am I modeling that in my own life? And then how am I drawing that out of them in a safe environment? Uh, where they feel safe yeah. and they feel like they can experience God's love, rather than me being all about the rules, or that, or that I don't, I'm not struggling with anything. So yeah. how do I open up my life and then help them mm-hmm. open up their life yeah. to create that discipline as well of being known?
0: Yeah, it's it's modeling it. It's modeling yeah. transparency, so that we can empathize with others, so that they can empathize with others. Going back to that idea of vulnerability is the key. That unlocks the door door the the lock is we're hiding, so just getting back to that idea, I mean we have a conversation I mean, there might be something right now in your life if you're listening you've damaged a relationship if you were to go say you were sorry to that person and apologize or maybe you know, I'm just using this as an example, but let's say you took um let's say you had a conversation with another man about that first. Say, hey, I did this thing that was wrong. I need to go tell and apologize to somebody. That now you're modeling that what that transparency looks like. You know, right. you're getting you're not a lone ranger. That's yeah. the depending on God piece that sure. I think has real been real helpful for me as I've been reflecting on this is that I can't do life on my own and I easily want to do that. That's the hiding piece is doing mm-hmm. things on your own.
1: Yep. And and in that, you're going to do a good thing, right? You're mm-hmm. going to apologize to that person. But that one extra step mm-hmm. Of being known in that process where you're drawing someone else in mm-hmm. to the process to say, Hey, this is what I'm going to go do. I just I want you to be aware of it so that it's it's not just on my mind, on my heart, but that you're a part of this too. Yeah. And that that I'm not doing this in some, you know, secret way or hiding kind of a way. You know about it. I mm-hmm. know that you know, yeah, and I'm taking this step. That is the shift in the posture of the heart from how how few people mm-hmm. can i say something to yeah. if i need to say it to anybody yeah and it it's shifting it to who do i need to tell about this mm-hmm. who can i involve in this with yeah. me i i don't have to i could do this in secret i could do this with just one other person knowing how do i draw other people in i think that's like that yeah, is the shift good, for good me thought. in any situation is how i shift from what's the least amount of stuff that I could do yeah. to kind of to check this off to what can I do to really make this something that, that God is able to use? Yeah,
0: and I think that's it, and it's adding other people. It's being in community. I think for me what I got out of this episode is how am I inviting other people to be part of my journey with Jesus? And the things that I'm thinking about, because I have stinking thinking, man, you know, like I, I have thoughts and I'm like, I think things should go this way, but man, there, God has put amazing men and amazing people around me to help me become a better version of who Jesus wants me to be. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to just kind of lone ranger it, you know, right. and just kind of, well, I'll just go through this. It might be a great thing. It might be a great idea. It might be a great thought, but it doesn't mean that I You know, it could be better if I just ask somebody else. And the challenge is that if I do that, then, you know, it's going to slow the work. It's going to, I'm going to have to listen to other people's thoughts. And that's the hard, hard work, I think. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today. Please check out the show notes for this episode, study questions to help you move towards authentic manhood. If you know a man that would benefit from hearing this episode, share it with him because having intentional conversations around these ideas is a great way to depend on God and engage with others towards discipleship. Also, you
1: heard Taylor talk about regeneration, also known as Regen, for adults and for students. Regen gives men and women self-awareness and language around their personal brokenness, and they're able to discover the joy that comes from fully acknowledging who God is, who they are as his creation, and what was done to reconcile them to him. So if you're interested in that for yourself or someone that you know or a student that you know, I want you to check out the link in the show notes, or you can email us at regen at gracechurchsc.org. We'll help you take care of the next steps from there. You can learn more about this story and access additional resources by visiting the link in the show notes. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to joining you on the next episode.